Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we worship you. Oh, God. That's right. Let's lift our hands all over this place. The Holy Ghost is in this house right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. While they're praying in the altar, Sister Peggy Cook has been struggling for some time with her health. She needs a miracle. She's watching right now. And while they're praying here in the altar, how many will help me pray for Sister Peggy? that God would touch her in the name of Jesus. God touched Sister Peggy Cook tonight with healing virtue in her body by the authority of your word and by the power of your name. God, I ask you to touch her and raise her up. Give her a special dispensation of your grace tonight, a special anointing from heaven to touch her. In the name of Jesus, let your anointing go down in that room and let it do what only it can do in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go with me, if you will, to the book of Matthew, chapter number 14. While you're returning to your seats, I hope that you can sense in this room tonight what I sense in this room. There's a special anointing of the Holy Ghost here tonight. Some of you are going to get a little bit of a revelation on why you've had to fight the way you've had to fight for some time. And what I would like for you to keep in mind, because I may forget to say it, I'm preaching from Matthew chapter number 14. But in chapter number 15, there was a woman whose daughter, the Bible said, was grievously vexed with the devil. And everybody says she was on the other side. She needed a miracle. And she found her miracle in chapter 15, she was miraculously delivered. And then in chapter, also in chapter 15, a little bit later, there was a repeat of a miracle that happened in chapter 15. It's very similar. In chapter 15, there were 5,000 men plus women and children fed with five loaves and two fish. In chapter 15, there's 4,000 men plus women and children on top of that who were fed with seven loaves and a few fish. He did again, everybody see on the other side, what he had done back there. 
But in between one miracle and the next, there was a storm that came. And I, I told you this morning while I was preaching, I was going to preach about three ships. I preached two this morning. Only got one tonight. Praise the Lord. But I want you to go with me to Matthew tw- chapter 14, verse number 22 through verse 25. And I'm praying that while I'm preaching, the anointing of the Holy Ghost will come down in this place. And when it does, I'm going to quit. But I'm going to preach because I believe that God has breakthrough for some people. Tonight I'm going to deal with some frustration that people have had. Why hasn't my miracle come yet? Why hasn't my breakthrough come yet? How long am I going to struggle in my storm? Matthew 14 and 22 and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. And to go before him and to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went into a mountain to pray, a mountain apart to pray. And when the, even, when the evening was come, everybody say the evening came. He was there alone, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves for the wind was contrary that word contrary means opposing or opposite they're trying to go one direction and the wind's trying to blow them right back where they came from in verse 25 and in the fourth watch of the night Jesus went unto them walking on the sea in the fourth watch of the night Jesus went unto them walking on the sea I've got a cold I don't have a lot of voice left I don't have a whole extra amount of oxygen and so if you want to kill me don't help me preach But if you'll help me, the Lord will do a quick work, and I can go home and lay down in Jesus' name. And so I'm going to know by who helps me and who don't, who wants me dead and who doesn't. And if I don't die, I'm going to afflict you for the rest of my ministry in Jesus' name with the love of the Lord. I'm going to preach a simple message. Don't quit rowing. Look at somebody and tell them, don't. Quit rowing. God, I know you're in this place. I feel a mighty anointing of the Holy Ghost. God, you have visited us in this place. And every single song has been in tune with what your spirit is trying to speak in this place. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus to confirm your word with signs following. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost destroy yokes in this place. Give peace, give joy, give hope in the name of the Lord. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise.
God bless you. You can be seated. I, I took a picture of the screen because I knew I, I know my memory. It said, if you only knew what I was going to be after the storm, you wouldn't have even bothered me. Amen. There is a reason why the enemy is trying to keep you from the other side. There's a reason why he wants to stop your progress. In the New Testament, a day was divided into 12 hours. And so when you hear the Bible talk about the third hour of the day, the third hour is a daytime time measurement. For us, it would be around 9 o'clock, but they started their time around 6, around sunrise. So the third hour of the day is 9 o'clock in the morning. The sixth hour then would be noon. The eleventh hour, though we visualize the eleventh hour as being just before midnight, it was actually around five o'clock in the afternoon. And so they had their day divided into hours. And then as the day was coming to a close, they quit calling it the hour, the third hour, the sixth hour, and they started calling them the watch. It was a watch because... They generally employed watchmen to keep to keep a lookout on the, the, off the city so they would know. And so in the nighttime, once it turned from day to night, the first watch began at 6 o'clock. That was when the evening began. 6 o'clock was the first watch. And the first watch went from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock at night. At 9 o'clock began what was called the second watch. They would change. They would change from, from, from one watchman to the other So because you can't afford to have a sleepy watchman. You have to have somebody alert. And so they did not expect a watchman to keep watch all night by himself. And so one watchman would take the first watch. That would be the one I would want from 6 until 9. Then the second watch begins at 9 o'clock and goes until midnight and then the third watch starts at midnight and goes until three o'clock in the morning and the fourth watch goes from three in the morning until about six or sunrise or the first hour of the day so the first watch from six to nine the second watch from nine to midnight the third watch from midnight to three and the fourth watch from three until six. The 12 hours of the night divided into four watches. Our text takes place after one of the greatest miracles that Jesus worked. Matthew 14 and 15 says that when it was evening, everybody say evening, his disciples came and said to him, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. This passage begins with the statement, when it was evening. It is an indicator that the daytime has been spent and now the nighttime is approaching. The watch is, the first watch is on its way, Jesus. It's time for you to send the people away. It's a desert place. They can't just go pick trees 
fruit off of trees or vegetables off of vines to eat. It's a desert place. The time is past. Send the multitude away. The night time is coming. The disciples said, Lord, it's time for church to be over. It's time for people to go home and find something to eat. The night is coming, and they need to go. You don't want to them to be on the road in the darkness. So Jesus, send them away so they can go and find something to eat. But Jesus had a different plan. Jesus said unto them, Matthew 14 and 16, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. They don't need to go away. They don't need to leave the house of God to get something to eat. You give them something to eat. The things that are big issues to the disciples are not something that scares Jesus whatsoever. Jesus also knew that the disciples weren't carrying a mobile Kroger or Walmart with them. They didn't have a bunch of items in their, in their bags so they could just feed a multitude of people, 5,000 men plus women and children. And so if, if, this, if, the cat, if it was like it was, if the, the, the numbers were like they were then that they are now, the demographics, we generally have a lot more women and children than we do men. And so you're talking at least 15,000 people, probably more, and he knows that 12 disciples don't have enough pockets to carry enough bread for that many people. But Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Here's the first clue. The disciples had no idea that he had already equipped them to be a miracle. They thought, I don't have what it takes. I don't have enough. I can't handle this situation. I don't have the resources. But Jesus knew that the disciples were going to be handing out enough bread by the end of the day that everybody would be full and by the time it was over, they'd have more left over than they had when they started. He had the ability. He just needed their participation. And so he says to them, Give you, you give them something. They said, we have here but five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, took five loaves, two fish, looking up to heaven, blessed, break, and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. Let me give you, let me give you a key step to the miracle here. The Bible said that Jesus took the bread looked to heaven, blessed it, and break it, but he did not give the bread to the multitude. He gave the bread to the disciples, and the disciples gave the bread to the multitude. Can I tell you that Jesus is not going to give bread to this world? Jesus is going to give bread to you so you can give bread to the world. Amen. Jesus may not come out of heaven and do a whole lot to the world, but Jesus will anoint you to go into the world and to pray for people and minister to people and lead people to him. The truth is the miracle is in the disciple, but you've got to be willing to let Jesus use you. 
If all you want to do is show up to work, do your hours, and turn around and go home and not reach anybody, you'll never be part of a miracle. But if you understand that God wants to give you something tonight that you can take and give to somebody else. Oh, you're going to have to help me a little more than that. God wants to put something in your hands that you can be a blessing to this world. I fully believe that God wants to bless this assembly, this church, in a measure that we've not seen. But he's only going to do it to the capacity that we decide that we want to be a blessing to the world around us. If all we want to do is consume and take and get for ourselves, then we have reached the limit of what God will do in our lives. But if we'll turn around and say, God, if you'll bless me, I'll be a blessing. If you'll put bread in my hand, I'll bless somebody else. I won't keep it for me, but I'll give it away. And what the good part is, is by the time they gave away to the world, they themselves, they started with one basket for 12 men. But when it was over, every man had their own basket full of food because they had made the decision, I'll let God put it in my hand. So I can put, if you want God to put something in your hand, you make up your mind, I'm going to be a blessing to somebody. I'm going to reach out to somebody. I wish somebody would say amen. I wish, let me just tell you, there's a reason certain people are blessed. You watch people that are blessings to others, and God always blesses them. I've got to hurry. That wasn't, I wasn't planning on preaching all that, really. Every time I go out in that new building, I get stressed out. I walk out there, literally, I feel my blood pressure go up. I feel, I, I can feel it in my neck. I was up there the other day on the top, and I was looking down over that whole building, and I could feel my pulse in my neck. It stresses me to high heaven. Because I think about, we got to pay for this thing. We got we to gotta buy all the stuff that it takes to finish. Y'all got awfully quiet on me. And I got, I got praying a few months ago, and I thought, God, I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to do it, God. I, I know what we got to get, but I don't know how we're going to get it. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And he said, you're going to get it when you decide to give your way to a miracle. Like, now, God, I want to make sure that's you. Because, if I, I, you know, I, when, when God says, I'm going to work a miracle for you, I'm saying, oh, yeah, that's God. And when God says, I'm going to heal you, I'm saying, that, that's God, that's God. And when God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a miracle, I'm like, oh, yes, that's the Lord. But when God says, I'm going to give, you're going to give your way to a miracle. Let's, let's double check here. But the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, you're going to give your way to your miracle that you need. You're worried about what you need, but I'm worried about what you're going to provide to the kingdom of God. Amen. And so God said, if you're willing to be a part of somebody else's miracle, I'll be a part of your miracle. If you're willing to be a part of somebody else's blessing, then I'll be a part of your blessing. If it's all about you, then all you got is what bread you can hold. But if you'll let it pass through your hand. 
If you let it pass through your hands, I'll make sure that you have more at the end than what you started from. I'm looking at having more in our building fund by the time we're through building than we did when we started because I'm planning on giving our way to a breakthrough. Amen. I, I didn't plan on preaching this. Brother Brad, I didn't plan on preaching when I'm preaching right now. I'm, Brother Dylan, I'm so far out from where I wanted to be. But y'all didn't shout when I was trying to go, so we're going to stay here for a minute. When God, when God convicted me of that, when God spoke that to me, I was sitting on an airplane on, on international Wi-Fi coming across the Atlantic Ocean. And I went on Amazon, and I ordered 2,000 building fund envelopes. And I decided... That for anyone that wants to give to our new building through these envelopes, these ones, if you give in the regular red and blue envelopes, it'll go to whatever's on there. But if you put your building fund in this, 10% of everything that goes in these envelopes is going to build the church in Beirut, Lebanon. We're going to not just be a, we're not just going to get blessed, we're going to be a blessing. Because the Holy Ghost said, if you'll give yourself to your miracle, that's the only way we're going to get done what we're going to get done. Is we've got to be the disciples. He gave it to the disciples, and the disciples gave it away. And when it was all over, every one of the disciples was holding a full basket. Hallelujah. Amen. I need, I need some help. I need, I need like, I need, there's two, I need ten people. Three, four. Dylan's about to move away, unless I can talk him out of it. I mean, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I need five more. Eight. Come on, Pip. Nine, ten. Man, I hope Jesus didn't have this much trouble getting his disciples. Somebody count for me. How many we got here? Come on, Bobby. Come on, Sergi Joe. I'll take my seat. How many we got? Ten. Is that counting me? All right, 11. I need one more. Come on, Landon. Oh, 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 oh. All right, come on, Landon. Come on, Landon. I'll take myself out of it. I, because Landon participated, I get to be Jesus. One of the little girls in the church, she calls me Jesus. And when we were at our, our, our Christmas thing at the pizza place where all the I, she, she was having a little bit of a, of a little meltdown. She, something didn't go her way. I don't know what it was. And so I went up to the bar, and I got her a piece of pizza, and I took it to her, and I laid the plate down in front of her. She said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> all right, 12 guys. And they all, you all got to get your hand on the basket. Pip, you're going to have to just push somebody out of the way, buddy. There you go. Jesus says, give them something to eat. And all 12 guys come with one basket. And, and they say, Lord, all we have, five loaves and two fish. He says, I can take that. All right, guys, I'll take that. And he looks to heaven, he blesses it, and he starts breaking it. And then before long, and I don't know, I didn't plan this out very They start giving, and when it's all over, you know what they all have? When before they all 12 were holding one basket, 
now they all have their own basket, but it's not just an empty basket because those baskets were already there. All right, they, Jesus didn't do a miracle of making baskets in the wilderness. They already had baskets, but their baskets were empty. So they bring the one that has something in it. But by the time that they let the bread and fish pass through their hands, now they all have a basket. And not only is it an empty, they had a basket before, but it was an empty basket. But now their baskets are full because Jesus blessed them to be a blessing. He put it in their hand so they could give it to somebody else. And if we'll be the kind of church that won't say, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, but we'll say, God, if you'll bless me, I'll bless somebody else. I won't keep it for myself, but I'll invest it in the kingdom of God. Everybody in this church can have a full basket. I said everybody in this church can have a full basket, but you can't have it if you're not willing to be part of the miracle. Let me get to my, let me get to the, I'm going to just cut to it. Amen. Y'all just stand two by two like the animals going on the ark. Y'all got it? Got it? Recognize the pattern. Recognize the pattern and not make me have to do it all. The sermon's getting longer. Got to recognize what's going. There you go, Hallelujah. They're in the ship. Jesus, the Bible said, constrained. Somebody, do I got? Do I have mutiny? Do you know that according to ancient maritime law, if there's a mutiny on my ship, I have the right to kill him. I didn't write the law. Oh Lord, and I'm gonna build a kingdom with that. Yes, we are. Amen. And so the Bible said that Jesus constrained them to get in the ship. The word constrained does not just mean he asked them, hey, you want to get in the boat? You want to get in the boat? You, would you like to get in the boat? You want to get in the boat? Get in the boat? Get in the boat? Yeah, because, no, constrained means get in the boat. And, it, and, and the word constrained actually has an element of even by force. What do you mean you don't want to get in the boat? Get in the boat. I don't even have to feel good to do that. You dating my daughter, there's more where that came from, buddy. Kapow. <laughs> I'd get you out of the boat just as quick as I got you in the boat. And straightway, verse 22, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship. He constrained them. Get in the boat, guys. I want you to get in the boat and go before him to the other side. All right, guys, get in the boat and go to the other side. No, just, just stay here. But, but, but you're going to the other side. We're here. We need to be over there. Because over there, there's a lady whose daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And if we don't get over there, she's going to destroy her life by that demonic possession. And she's so bound. And if we don't get to the other side, she'll never be free. 
And then there's also a group of 4,000 men and their wives and children. And they go, they're going to need something to eat. And they're going to need to have a miracle. And if we don't get from here to there, they're going to be hungry. And so we've got to get to the other side, guys. So get in the boat and go to the other side. I'll send the multitude away. And I'm going to stay here and I'm going to pray. And you guys get on the boat. And so they get on the boat. Where's my oil? I mean my paddle. All right, who's going to row? You're all going to row. And so they get out on the boat and they start going. Come on, guys. Some things I shouldn't have to say. You just look and learn. And they're rowing to the other side. Jesus sends the multitude away, and then he's apart praying. And while he's praying, he's back here. Because now they're going to the other side, and he's over here praying. But the Bible said that while he was praying, that out on the sea there was a problem that was going on. Because the sea somehow, I preached about the sea this morning. I don't want to have to get into all that again. You should have been here. And so, and so, that the sea represents all, and they're toiling against the sea. And the Bible said that the wind was contrary to them. I need somebody to be the wind. <laughs> Allie, you're full of hot air. Come on. So she's the wind, and you're trying to keep her. <laughs> that went out in the 80s. We don't break dance anymore. Or whatever that was. <laughs> She's the wind, and her job, the wind, is to keep them from going forward. And so they take the oar and they crack her on top of the head. No, just, no, that's not what happened. I'm going to get, I'm going to get serious, and we're not going to get done. She's pushing them back. The wind is contrary, opposing, opposite. The job of the wind in this case was to try to get them to go back where they came from. It was positioned between them and their miracle. It was positioned between them and the breakthrough. What, they, what was going to happen on the other side could not happen if they didn't overcome the contrary wind that was kicking up the storm. And so the reason for the waves and the reason for the wind and the reason for the storm is to keep them from progressing to where God wanted them to be so God could use them. You have to understand that your opposition may not be about you. It may be about that demon-possessed girl on the other side. It may not be about you. It may be about that hungry family on the other side that needs bread and fish, and you're the one to take it to them. It may not be your storm at all. You're just caught in it because your destiny lies on the other side. Can I tell you that when you face opposition, you have to understand the devil has a purpose for the wind. And so they're rowing, and they're toiling, and the wind is pushing. Now, you have to understand that. Now, now, we were at the Sea of Galilee just, what, two months ago? And it was, it's pretty dark now, right? But can you imagine what it was like 2,000 years ago when there's no 
There's those street lights of the city that you can see gleaming off the water. And not only that, but, but, but it's a storm. And so the cloud has covered whatever light may come from the moon and the stars. It is complete blackness on that sea. They know they're in trouble. They know that they're not making progress. The sea is, 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 is contrary. The wind is contrary to them, pushing them back. It's so dark that there's really no way to know if you're making progress or not. If, when, if, if the lightning struck, you might be able to see if you're getting anywhere. But for the most part, you're just rowing. not cheering, you're rowing. We're not raising the roof, we're rowing a boat. They have no idea if I'm getting anywhere or not. I have no idea if I'm making any progress. I've been out here, and the Bible said it started at evening. Everybody say evening. And then the first watch takes place. For three hours, they're rowing. For three hours, they're rowing. And the storm is against them. God, I don't know if we can make it or not. I don't know if we're getting anywhere. It feels like our progress has been stopped. We keep rowing, but it's one wave after another and one gust of wind after another. And I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I've been rowing all this time, and I don't even know if I'm even making any progress. Am I wasting my time? Maybe I ought to just drop the oar and let the wind blow me back to the shore where at least I know how to act over there. At least I know that I'll be safe on that shore. Maybe I ought to just drop the oar. But Jesus said, go to the other side. So from the first watch three hours they're rowing and they're toiling and the wind is against them and then it turns from the first watch into the second watch and now for three more hours they're rowing against the wind and they're rowing against the wind amen come on it's, it's hard work when you're rowing Rowing's not easy. That's the reason they make rowing machines for exercise that we put all our stuff on because we don't really want to do that. There's a reason they have, because it's not easy to do. But it's especially not easy in the blackness of night when there's a storm coming against you and you're just toiling. You're not, it's all you can do to feel like you're just hard, like, like you're, you're just maintaining. It's hard enough just to keep where I am, let alone to go forward. But Jesus said, go to the other side. So now it goes from the first watch to the second watch and three more hours. Now they've been six hours rowing in a storm. Now let me be honest. How many of you 12 disciples, your arms are already a little tired of rowing? I had one raise his hand. You can take one hand off the oar and raise it if your arm's a little bit tired of rowing. Oh, there's, look at that. I couldn't see Landon. I see Landon's hand. 
They're not even fighting the sea. Y'all okay? Y'all right for just a couple more minutes? They're not even fighting the sea. All they're doing is standing there fighting the air. They're not fighting the storm. They're not fighting the sea. They're not fighting the wind. But now the disciples for six hours have been in the middle of the sea wondering, am I getting anywhere? Am I accomplishing anything? Am I really getting any closer to where I'm supposed to be? And how many times have you come back and forth to church and you've wondered, God, am I making any progress? Am I really getting any closer to you? Is there really, am I really making it anywhere or am I just wasting my time? I don't even know if I'm going anywhere. It seems like I just faced one storm after another storm after another storm, and I don't even know if I'm really even growing all. Am I getting anywhere? You've got to understand that you cannot quit rowing when you're in the middle of the sea because the second watch gives way to the third watch. You better thank God you got somebody to row with you. You better thank God that you're not in the ship by yourself because when it turns into the third watch and now it's the seventh hour and the eighth hour and the ninth hour of the night and I'm toiling, <laughs> I'm toiling and I'm fighting and I still don't know, God, and now, Lord, where are you? You put me in this ship. You told me to get into this boat. You told me to go to the other side. But God, where are you now? You were with me when the sun was shining on the other side. But now in the night, where are you, Lord? And you get tempted to be frustrated and wonder, am I really making any progress at all? Am I really getting it? Am I getting anywhere? you got to understand that you cannot quit rowing. No matter what time of the night and no matter how long it's been, you cannot stop. you got to keep on going. There is no room for quitting in the kingdom of God. Don't you let the devil put one thought in your mind to give up and quit going. you got to keep rowing. you got to keep going. you got to keep going. Because you'll never be the miracle on the other side if you stop in the middle of the sea. You cannot give up living holy. You cannot go back to the world. You cannot go back to the jury and the mess of this world because you're rowing trying to get somewhere you can't afford. You can't afford to quit. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. I'll just skip prayer meeting tonight. No, I got to get to that prayer room because I'm rowing in the sea. Come on, moms and dads. I know you get tired of trying to get your kids to want to live right. It feels like you're constantly fighting. I was telling a story the other day about Ellie. She went out, so she went out to the bathroom. I can talk about her till she gets back. I was with her in a Walmart or a Target or something. I don't remember where I was. And, uh, and I was holding her by the hand, and I was walking through. And, and I felt a little tug, and I turned around, and Sister Wilson, she was tugging on this lady's skirt, little mini skirt. I hope she didn't, I'm glad she didn't tug too hard. She tugs on this, on this lady's mini skirt, and the, little, the lady looks down at her, looks at those beautiful blue eyes, and says, and Ellie looked up and said, ma'am, you have the most beautiful pink toenails I've ever seen in my entire life.
we're constantly having to row against the tide of this world. We're constantly having to try to keep our families in the boat. We're constantly having to keep our kids and tell them, no, we don't do that. I know, I know you're the only one in your school that does that, that lives that way, but you just got to keep living that way. I, no, 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 no. I know, I know your team wants to practice on Wednesday night, but you got upper room youth group on Wednesday night, and so you're just going to we're going to have to tell the coach you can't come on Wednesday. Oh, no, 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 that, that's not that important. We'll just go. In. No, you got to keep rowing the boat because the wind is trying to blow you back where you came from. That wind wants your kids to be strung out on dope. The wind wants your kids to be laying in a gutter somewhere trying to sleep off last night's drunk. You don't want to help me preach, but I'm going to preach it anyway. You got to keep rowing. You got to keep rowing. Do I really need to be faithful to church? You better keep rowing because that devil wants to get your husband tied up with some lady at work. And you better stay right with God to fight the devil. I'm rowing. God, I don't know how much longer I can keep rowing against the tide of this world. God, I don't know how much longer I can keep fighting against worldliness. I'll tell you how long you can go. You can go till the Lord comes back. Because at the fourth watch, after nine hours of fighting against the wind, at the fourth watch, Jesus came walking on the sea. Can I tell you, if you'll keep rowing, Jesus will show up. If you'll keep rowing, Jesus will make a way. But you can't quit. You can't stop. You can't throw in the oar. You got to keep rowing. Get out of here, wind. Jesus calmed the wind, and they got to the other side. And when they stepped to the other side, they walked into a realm of miracles and deliverance. And I'm going to tell you that the wind is against you because God the devil knows that God has miracle power in you. He knows. He knows that these hands can lay hands on the sick. Hold that for me. He knows that these hands can touch the sick and the sick be healed. He knows these hands can reach a lost and dying world. And so he wants to keep you from going to the, but you got to keep rowing. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not, gi I'm not giving up holiness. I'm not giving up preaching. I'm not giving up worship. I'm not giving up prayer. I'm not giving up hope. I will keep rowing. Bible said at the fourth watch, Jesus came, treading water in the sea. He didn't come swimming to him. He didn't come treading water, doing the doggy paddle to get out there to him. Jesus is not overwhelmed by the things that are trying to overwhelm you. He walks on top of the things. That want to overwhelm your marriage, want to overwhelm your family, want to overwhelm your sanity, want to overwhelm your faith. He comes walking on top of the water. Jesus is not subject to the things that are against you. He stands above them. And I've come to tell somebody, if you won't quit, God's going to show up. If you won't give up, God's going to show up. If you won't give up, Jesus is going to come walking to you 
I don't know why he didn't come in the first watch or the second watch or the third watch, but I know that he came in the fourth watch. You got to keep rowing. You got to keep rowing. I've come to preach to somebody that's tired. There's no time to get tired. Get your hand on the oar. Man, I feel like somebody ought to be shouting right now. God just gave you a promise that if you'll stick with it, he'll stick with you. God's given somebody a promise that he's going to come to you in the middle of your storm. Somebody ought to shout right now. Oh, come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Grab hold. You know what we're going to do, Kim? We'll keep on rowing. Everything might not be perfect, but I'm not quitting. Everything might not work out the way I want it. He didn't come in the first watch or the second watch or the third watch, but in the fourth watch of the night. But I'm not going to quit. You know what we're going to do, Jaimito? We're going to keep rowing. We get setbacks, don't we? We get frustrated, don't we? We wonder, am I getting anywhere or not? I'm going to get frustrated. Am I even making any progress? But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep rowing because at the fourth watch, Jesus comes walking on the sea. It happens when you don't give up. I've just come to preach to somebody, don't quit rowing. I rebuke the spirit of the end time that wants to get you weary and get you to quit and get you to give up. This is no time to quit. This is time for a fourth watch revival. It's not time to stop. It's not time to quit. It's not time to let up. It's time to row. Let's row. Come on, let's row. Come on, let's go. We're not quitting. I'm not giving up on my ministry. I'm not giving up hope. I'm not giving up hope to reach my family. I'm not stopping. I know the wind is against me, but I am serving a God that walks on the water. I've just come to tell somebody, don't quit rowing. I want everybody to lift your hands to heaven. Oh, that's right. Go ahead and lift your hands to heaven. Oh, I feel it here right now, don't you? Don't you feel what I feel? Do you feel what I feel? I feel a God that's stepping on top of the white-capped waves. Come on, stand with me and lift your hands to heaven. Oh, hallelujah. That's right, lift your hands to heaven. Stretch your hands out. 
First of all, I rebuke the lie of the enemy that says that you're not making progress or getting anywhere. The fact that you're still in the boat means you're going somewhere. And I rebuke the frustration that makes you want to quit and give up and throw in the towel and go back to where you came out of. I'm telling you right now, that's not the will of God. It's not the will of God for you to go back to the weak and beggarly elements of the world. It's not the will of God for you to drop the oar and to go back. You just got to keep pushing forward. It might be hard. It might be difficult. I don't know why it didn't come earlier. I don't know why. I don't know why the fourth watch was any better than the first, second, or third. But I know this. I got to row until he shows up. Reach over and lay your hand on the person next to you. There's a work of the Holy Ghost here. If you only knew what I was going to be, you wouldn't have sent that storm to stop me. Oh, come on. There's a move of the Spirit in this place right now. My impulse is to hurry, and I'm having to fight it. I've come to tell somebody your breakthrough is on its way, but you can't quit. I rebuke the spirit of frustration. I rebuke the spirit of frustration that whispers in your ear you're not getting anywhere. You're not making progress. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. You got to keep rowing when it hurts. When your arms are cramping and your back is sore and the calluses on your hands have turned to blisters, you just got to keep on rowing. Oh, that's right. Come on. The Holy Ghost is here right now. If I preach you and you know this was your message, you ought to grab one of your family members by the hand and come to the altar and say, come with me. I need somebody to help me pray that I don't ever quit, that I don't stop rowing. Come on, if you know this is your moment and this is your word, you need to make a way. You need to find your way to an altar. If you got to push past somebody, just say, excuse me. But it's time... I, I, I can't afford to quit. Come on, that's right. We got time. You, I, there's people making their way forward. We've got time. The miracle on the other side is going to be worth it all. I said the miracle on the other side is going to be worth it all. The miracle on the other shore is going to be worth it. So just keep rowing. I'm not about to quit. I'm tired, but I'm not quitting. I'm sore, but I'm not quitting. I'm frustrated, but I'm not quitting. I'm weary, but I'm still in the boat. Oh, yes, 
That's right. You need to speak the word of God over your situation. God, I claim this word for my family. I claim this word for my finances. I claim this word tonight, God, for my children. I claim this word for my marriage. Come on, you need to speak it. You need to open your mouth. And you need to proclaim those things which are not as though they are. There's some spirit work that needs to be done here right now. I'm committing. I'm committing to staying in the boat. I'm committing to keep rowing. The devil tried to talk me into quitting. He made me feel what's the use in trying. He made me wonder why. I'm not getting anywhere. Why even bother? Just drop the oar. But Jesus didn't put you in the boat to drown you. He put you in the boat to take you to the other side. There's a realm of dominion. There's a realm of victory. There's a realm of healing on the other side. Jesus. That's right. Lay your hand on somebody close to you and begin to pray. God, give them strength. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Oh, yes, Lord. That's right. Minister one to another. God, give them strength. Give him strength for the night. Come on. I don't feel quite like we're done here. I feel like there's still, there's still some fallow ground being broken up. But the Holy Ghost is about to step into somebody's situation in a powerful anointing that's going to shake and change everything. Somebody's going to walk out of here with a new mindset. Where you came on the edge of quitting, you're going to walk out on the edge of a breakthrough. right go ahead and talk to him I feel like somebody I you, you guys keep keep praying but for somebody I'm talking to you I feel like there's people in this room right now that have a prophetic anointing on them that the Holy Ghost wants you to speak what he's putting in your spirit 
over your situation, over your life, over your future, over your family. He's played. Now, this isn't for everybody, not everybody, but for the ones that you know I'm talking to, you need to open your mouth and you need to begin professing those things that the Lord is laying on your heart for what he wants to do. You need to speak it out in Jesus' name. Everything that comes to your mind is not prophetic, but sometimes there's something and you know it's from God and you need to speak it out loud. You need to speak it out and put it out there so that God knows that you receive his promise. speak that financial miracle to finish this building in Jesus name and God I speak it over this congregation that you're going to bless them to be a blessing that you're going to put resources in their hands so it can be used for the kingdom Hallelujah. He knows where you are. He knows where you are in your sea. He knows where you are in your sea. That's right, minister to each other. Pray one for another.
Can we lift our hands all over this room right now? Oh, why don't you feel after him while he yet may be found? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Well, may God touch you. He sees you right in the middle of the storm. He sees you right where you are. That was the word of the Lord spoken through interpretation of tongues. That He sees you right where you are. He sees that you're in the storm. Just keep rowing right now. Come on, do some rowing right now in prayer. There's deliverance here right now. There is deliverance here right now. You don't have to leave here bound. Won't just put it in God's hands right now. One more time, one more time, one more time. Come on, I, I feel him still moving right now. Oh, hallelujah. Don't quit rowing. You're going to make it through the storm. And he's going to be walking. He's going to come walking on the thing that's been terrifying you. He's going to come walking on the very thing that's been troubling you. That's how he's going to come walking. That's how he's going to show up. He's going to be on top of it. It's going to be under his feet. It's going to be under his feet. It's going to be under his feet. He's coming. Just keep rowing. Just keep rowing. Just keep rowing. It's the fourth watch. The sun's about to rise. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming. Joy is coming. Joy is coming in the morning. Morning is coming right now. Oh, hallelujah. Don't give up before morning comes. Don't give up before joy comes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Sweet, sweet, sweet presence of the Lord in here right now. I don't want to dismiss, but I'm going to give an informal dismissal that anybody that needs to go tonight can go ahead and be making your way.
I want to remind you of what Pastor brought up in the middle of his preaching. I know he didn't plan on it, but I've noticed he's had these sitting up here for the last probably three weeks. Now, I imagine he's just been waiting for the right time to speak the Word of God that was given to him. And I believe he spoke it at the right time tonight. So I'm going to lay these down. Brother Aaron, sister, yeah, there we go. They're going to be right here at the front. Whatever God lays on your heart to give towards the kingdom, building God's kingdom, building this new sanctuary and building the sanctuary in Lebanon, whatever God lays on your heart, please don't delay, but grab you one of these envelopes and let God begin to use you. We're going to try to put that as soon as possible. We're going to try to put that on our on our website, on our giving tab as well, so you can give online there. Can we lift our hands one more time and pray? Father, we thank you for moving in this house. We thank you, God, for confirming your word over and over and over. With the songs that were sung before, through the preaching, through tongues and interpretation. God, we thank you for speaking consistently to us that we may be in a storm, but you know we're in the storm. We just got to keep going. We're going to keep pursuing. We're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep rowing until we see the miraculous bust open in our lives. And God, we're praying and believing that it's about to happen. It's the fourth watch. Morning's coming. We're believing right now that it's about to happen. We're not giving up, but we're believing, God, that you're performing the miraculous. You're walking on the water right now in the midst of our storm. And we thank you, Lord God. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Clap your hands, all ye people, and give the Lord a shout of praise today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, keep praying as long as you want to pray. You can be dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.